Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Are you doing the best for your client to help them create their legacy? Are you creating a plan that goes far beyond finances to help people ensure that it becomes the driving force behind all decisions? On this podcast, hosts Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller will help you with growing your practice and your client's peace of mind. Together, they bring the best and brightest minds to share with you how to help your clients develop their best legacy. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. You're listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with your host, Stan Miller. Our guest today is wealth planning expert and author, Darren Wartz. Darren, welcome. Yes, thanks so much for having me, Stan. I'm excited to be here. So, Darren, I spent some time on your website. I understand that you that you're an Ohio guy for sure, right? Cincinnati and now Toledo, right? That's right. Yes. Um, Spent 12 years in Cincinnati, growing a practice there. And I'm working now out of the Toledo office as well. So Toledo is where my my home base originally was, grew up there in uh, Northwest Ohio. And uh, kind of in a different, this could be a much longer story, but started a career in teaching. And uh, that's kind of what brought me down to Cincinnati in the first place. Did that for a few years and then uh, decided to basically come into the family business. So you came into the family business. You're, as I understand it, you're, you're in business with your father as well as your brother. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So I think dad always kind of wanted me to come into the business and uh, he was a little disappointed that I went into teaching. <laughs> and, you know, as I kind of, you know, Got into my adult life. I kind of saw the benefits of joining the family business. And, uh, you know, after about five years in teaching, decided to go back to school, got my master's degree in financial planning, and basically started an office in Cincinnati, of all places. So I've read enough about you, know enough about you, I think that I can say that that your career trajectory has been uh, interesting, if not truly authentically unique. And but what I don't hit, what I've not heard is a story of how you got there, and hopefully you can shed some light on that now. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, definitely did not see myself here ten years ago, or even you know, probably even five years ago. I mean, it has kind of evolved over time. And I, um, like I said, I came from an education background, and that's originally what I had wanted to do. I taught for five years in the state of Ohio. You're vested in your retirement plan after five years, so. A few years into teaching, I kind of started to realize that I wanted to do something different. I was enjoying teaching, but um, there were certain aspects I didn't enjoy. It was a certain level of stress that uh, was a bit too much for me. I was getting a little burned out. And, you know, I love teachers and I love teaching. And I think it's a very wonderful profession. But I was, I couldn't see myself staying in it till retirement age. I was, I needed something different. So, I decided to, you know, like I said, start a, an office down in Cincinnati. And, you know, it was interesting because I kind of thought maybe at first I would join an existing firm. So I did. I interviewed a lot of firms, was looking for a position, but it wasn't really a great hiring time. And I didn't feel like anybody really wanted to pay me what I felt I was worth. And so I was kind of forced into starting my own business. It was an extension of the family business, but it was kind of my own business at the same time too, because it was my own office and I was going to have my own clientele and need to do my own marketing and all of that kind of thing. And so, you know, I was kind of forced into it in some respects. And so I can relate very easily to 
a lot of solo attorneys, a lot of small firm attorneys who maybe had to go that route themselves as well. And uh, that ended up being, you know, people that I'm working with now are mostly solo and small firm attorneys. But it wasn't always that way either. You know, when I started out as an, an advisor, I didn't know who to work with. It was anybody, you know. <laughs> I didn't know the first thing about marketing or running a business or anything like that. And then slowly evolved to this point. So tell me how you got there. I mean, how do you how did it happen to be yeah. lawyers that you yeah. <laughs> that you chose to focus your firepower on? Well, it was really happenstance. Like I said, in the beginning, I just kind of was looking for direction and trying to get some ideas about how it would be kind of a, a good way to market. And I did a lot of networking. You know, I was involved in local chamber of commerce and things like that. And, you know, through those efforts, I actually did meet a lot of attorneys. And, you know, it, it just so happened that a lot of those early clients were attorneys. And in fact, one of my first clients introduced me to a law firm that was dissolving and uh, they were getting rid of their 401k plan. And a lot of their attorneys needed help figuring out what to do with their 401k balances and figuring out you know, how they should invest it and starting their own financial plan. And so that gave me an influx of you know, several new clients all at once. And I started to learn about some of the unique challenges that attorneys have. And then you know, as I was developing my business, I always knew that it was important to focus on a niche. And this is good business practice, not just for advisors, but it's good business practice for attorneys as well. You know, the, the riches are in the niches. And I resisted that for a little while because I was afraid I would turn people away. But it really was during the pandemic that I decided to really go for it and focus on serving attorneys and not just attorneys, more specifically law firm owners. And so you know, the pandemic happened, all the networking was gone. And it was like, okay, what am I going to do now? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's rebrand. Let's focus the marketing on attorneys. And uh, so I did that. I started doing some webinars and some workshops through the local bar associations and things like that. And I had some really good success with it. And so that's kind of what led me in that direction. And um, yeah, I just kept going. <laughs> So now that you've had some time to immerse in the space, and it is, I mean, clearly it is a unique space. Law firms as a business are really like, there's nothing else exactly like law firms you know, as, as yeah. a business. What have you learned from that, I would say, that unique insider position about law firms that create the unique challenges for law firm owners? Yeah, I would say that the biggest thing is that the the business side of things is so tied into the personal planning. And so when I approach doing a financial plan with somebody, we talk in depth about how the business relates to all of that. And in fact, you know, diving into some business analytics is a part of the financial plan. <laughs> and you know, it's really very interesting. A lot of you know, attorneys are business owners. And even if you work in a big firm, you have some things about the way you do things that are business owner-ish. I mean, you have to be a marketer, you have to be out there getting clients and things like that. So that would be the first thing. It's that the business side of things are very, very tied into the personal side of things. 
And so that's why in my book, The Lawyer Millionaire, we've got a whole section on setting up your business, how to run your business, how to structure your business and things like that, because it's such a big part of the personal planning. So we talk about that. We talk about what are your goals? You know, Where do you want to go? What kind of life do you want to achieve? The other big challenge is that there isn't a lot of time and expertise on the business side of things. You know, a lot of attorneys went to law school, you know, of course they went to law school. <laughs> they know how to be an attorney. They're really good at that. And they're focused on that. But, you know, many times they weren't given a lot of background in how to run a business. And so a lot of times the attorneys that come to me, they're struggling a bit with that. They want to figure out how to clarify their business, how to run it a little bit more efficiently. And, you know, maybe they became a business owner because they were in a situation like I was where, you know, they didn't find a good fit with a big firm. Maybe they were forced into it, or maybe they got into it because they thought it would give them freedom and flexibility. And all of a sudden they find themselves in a position where, oh my goodness, I have to be a business owner and I have to be a practitioner at the same time. And it's just so busy. So that's another big challenge is the lack of time. You know, and it's very different from other businesses. If you own, I don't know, let's say a restaurant or something like that, you might be able to fade into the background. You might, nobody may know who you are. I mean, you may be able to run the business. You can set up the business to run itself, right? You can have managers, you can have your employees, you can have everything running itself. When you're an attorney and a business owner, you're involved. You know, you are doing the work of the attorney, but then you're also doing the work of the business owner. And that can be very difficult to wear both of those hats at the same time. So those are just some of the big challenges that I notice. It's really that balancing act, you know, the lack of time and figuring out how to streamline the business, make it more effective and more efficient so you can accomplish your own personal goals. And really that's what it's all about. So you know, a lot of times here's what will happen. An attorney will come to me. They've built up their business. It is working effectively, but they're very busy. And all of a sudden they're in a place where they're like, okay, you know, I've been putting all of my time, energy, and money into getting this business running. Finally, I feel like, okay, it's working. And now I want to sit down and I want to talk about my future and where that's going. And it all starts with goal setting. So we sit down and we say, okay, what is the life you want to create? Because that's what it's all about, right? And how can we structure your business? How can we get your personal finances in order? How can we arrange all of that to support the dreams and the goals that you have for your life? You know, one of the big challenges, you know, and as an attorney, I can, you know, I think I have some authority in saying <laughs> this, but so one of the challenges is, and I think you've got it right. You know, the challenge of having to work in the business and work on the business simultaneously, yeah. you know, it really does often feel like it adds up to two full-time jobs, not one, right? But one of the challenges with law firms is that you, you become so identified with the work mm-hmm. that it, it's your name. And so the challenge is how do you clone yourself and replicate that and build that replication into your brand so that other people... You know, if a client comes to your office, they get the same quality of intellectual interaction, the same quality of representation they would get if it was you. And that challenge is enhanced by the fact that at least the way the rules are still read today, you can't get non-compete agreements from attorneys 
and they work for you, right? So all the time and effort that you spend training a new attorney, you know, may well result in having that attorney down the street two years from now competing with you. So you have to figure out how do I devise systems and processes and incentives that are so attractive that that attorney wouldn't want to do that. But I think the, you know, the, the how do I replicate myself and, and build a, build value into the practice that transcends the time I spend on this case today in the office is yeah. the challenge. And my observation is that that very few law firm owners have really cracked the code on that. It's tough. You hit the nail on the head. You know, it's your name on the door. You know, your identity is tied to it. But that is the goal. And that is the challenge is to train your replacement, you know, and that's part of the secret to succession planning is to what we said about what I said about law firms being different from other businesses. Well, they don't have to be, you know, you can, it is difficult for all the reasons that you mentioned, but you can create a team, put a team in place, try to have that team running things as much as possible. And delegate matters to people, you know, but that's difficult. And that's difficult, especially I think for attorneys, because a lot of the attorneys I work with, they want to be involved. And it's difficult for all of us, you know, to delegate. And that's a challenging idea because you want to make sure that the work is being done in a, a way that's quality. You know, you want things to be done a certain way, but if you want to create that freedom and that flexibility that you want in your business, and ultimately be able to sell your practice and retire, you have to be training your replacements. I had a guest on the podcast a few months ago who talked about she was training her CEO. I think she had an attorney in her, she was bringing an attorney into her practice that was going to take over some of the the operations. And then her goal was to transition the ownership over to that new person. You know, so that's something to think about. And that these are conversations that I'm having with attorneys and we're doing financial planning and retirement planning, you know, because it's more than just money. Is it really about how can we create the life that you want? And that's not always a money question. You know, a lot of times that is how are you doing things question. And there's a lot of deeper conversations that go into that. Is there anything, and there may not be, is there anything that you do professionally as a financial advisor in your work with attorneys that you think might be different from what would be the case with, let's say, a, you know, a corporate executive? A big time. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it relates to figuring out what's happening with the business and that's an unknown asset, right? So we have to kind of bring that into the plan and think about Will you be able to sell the business in the future? What does that look like? How can we design a succession plan for you? What kind of a premium can we get? You know, how much money do you think we could get and how does that factor into the retirement plan? That's a big part of it, you know, the succession planning piece. The other really big thing that I notice is dealing with cash flow. That is a huge thing. <laughs> so Here's what I've noticed. And this is, I don't want to stereotype or anything, but what I have noticed in some of the clients that I've worked with is that there's this lifestyle creep. Some of the attorneys I work with, you know, they they've started making really good money, but the cash flow is uneven. 
And, you know, sometimes there's really great cash flow. There's a lot of money coming in. And when that happens, we tend to expand our lifestyles. We tend to spend more money and we don't think about down the road. <laughs> and so then all of a sudden, you know, a few months later, maybe you have a big tax surprise. You know, maybe you had a whole bunch of money come in and you went and you bought yourself a boat. You were thinking, you're king of the world, you know, business is great. I'm going to go buy a boat and live life lavishly. And then a few months later, you get a huge tax bill and you're like, oh crap, I don't have any money left. <laughs> so mastering the cash flow is really, really critical. And that's something that we talk about and we work with attorneys because here's the thing you have got to be saving money. And in order to, re if you're going to retire someday, you've got to be putting money away and you've got to be investing money. But when your cash flow is uneven, it makes it very difficult. The other thing is kind of a keeping up with the Joneses mentality that I see a lot. It doesn't happen all the time, but the, and this is not just attorneys, this is a lot of other people too, right? You know, maybe there's one spouse in the couple that spends too much. You know, and maybe one of them's an attorney and one of them's a physician or something, and they have a spending issue. You know, one of them is a little bit spending a little bit too much money and doesn't want to get on board with the savings plan. So that's a big challenge. And so some of one of the things that we deal with is really trying to think about what is the lifestyle we're trying to create and creating very specific, realistic goals. So we spend a lot of time trying to imagine the future. You know, what is the lifestyle? Here's another thing I tell people, right? Savings isn't just savings for savings sake, right? I had an attorney I was talking with recently, and he said his goal was to create a net worth of like $20 million. And I said, well, for what? <laughs> right? Just to have it? That doesn't sound fun, right? So you know, money is never the goal just by itself. It's what life do you want to create? And so sometimes what's helpful is we talk about really creating a specific vision for the future. Where are you living? What kind of house are you living in? What are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis? It's hard to save money when there's no real vision for how that money is going to be spent in the future, right? So, and that may be true of corporate executives too, but I find that it, it generally is a characteristic I find with a lot of law firm owners. And I think it comes from maybe an idea that, well, I can just keep practicing law as long as I want to, which you could, you know. And then the other thing is maybe a cause of that is the uneven cash flow, right? The ups and downs in cash flow. I think those two factors kind of come in and create poor spending habits and disincentivize savings. So it sounds like sometimes you have to be the tough guy to challenge people to look realistically and see things that maybe they would prefer not to see. Yeah, tough guy. I prefer a motivator, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, or the coach. You know, it, it's it really is about motivating people. I feel like if you have an inspiring vision for your future, you know, then that's going to help you. And a lot of times, something what we'll do is we will create specific accounts for specific goals, right? So it's not just a retirement account. It's a beach house in Malibu account, right? It is 
tied to a specific goal, right? So we'll create a separate account for separate specific goals. And that way it's like, okay, I'm not just putting a money away to put money away. I'm putting money away for these very specific visions and goals that I have. And I, I feel like that's very motivating. But now sometimes we will approach it, you know, maybe from the negative perspective, which is imagine yourself, you know, at X number of years and do you have money, right? You know, do you, are you able to do the things you want to do? So maybe we can think about it from that perspective also. So I've not read your book yet, although I intend to. Between now and the time I get to read it, share with me, what is it that, I mean, can you sum up what you say in the book and then tell me how you use the book in your practice? Yeah, absolutely. I think the main message of the book, and I want the book to be something that motivates people. There's a lot of practical advice in there about ways that you can reduce your tax burden or maximize your tax efficiency, set things up you know, in the right way to maximize your long-term wealth. I really think and hope that the book motivates people to believe and understand that they can achieve their goals. It's very practical in the sense that I give people very specific, you know, step-by-step advice on retirement planning, you know, figuring out how much you need to be able to retire and how to get there and that sort of thing. But there's also a lot of content in it where I show how easy it is, easy, right? (laughs) To build wealth, right? A million dollars seems like a lot of money and it is. But if you save regularly, you know, if you start putting money away on a regular basis, you can get there. And one of the greatest lessons, I think, is that you want to treat your savings like a bill, right? You have an electric bill, or maybe you have a gas bill. If you don't pay it, <laughs> you're in trouble, right? Well, treat your retirement savings like a bill, you know, treat it like, you know, this is a bill for my future Mm -hmm. income, for my future self. I'm paying my future self's bills, right? (laughs) It's critical, you know, and and then when you think about it that way, it's like, okay, I can't not put away money for retirement. I can't not invest money. I have to do it. And I also go through in the book examples about the power of compounding and how that, you know, that little bit of savings over time can just grow exponentially. It's really fascinating. And I hope people really grasp that idea and find that it motivates them. Well, I love that you've written the book. I love it that you have a t-shirt with your book name on it. That's a, Yes, I do. <laughs> I, I have a book. And one of the things I'm going to do this afternoon is I'm going to go online somewhere and find a way to get a t-shirt with my book title on it. Nothing I'd ever <laughs> thought of. Great idea. You've inspired me. I'll today. send you one too, if you want. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah. So think with me now, if we could, you know, I mean, you're still a young guy, but so let's fast forward you know, a few decades from now, whenever you're looking back, reflecting over, over your own professional career, what is it that you would like for your personal legacy to be? Hmm. That is a good one. <laughs> That's a big question. That's a big question. Career-wise, you know, what, something that someone told me once was one of the ways that you can live forever is by writing a book. <laughs> so, you know, the first one is written. I think there could be a follow-up. There will be updates to the book, you know, because things change over time. I think it's exciting. I see, you know, this is 
I'm glad you asked the question because I don't, I haven't really thought about it in terms of legacy, but you know, the book is out there and it is making an impact. And one of the reasons I wrote the book was when I was surveying the landscape and looking for resources to help me become a better financial advisor to attorneys, I didn't find much out there. You know, there were a few books that had been written on the topic of retirement planning for attorneys, but the ones that I found didn't really speak specifically to the needs and the challenges of law firm owners. I mean, there was a lot of general advice, which was very good about, you know, general financial and retirement topics, but I didn't find a lot of specificity. So I'm glad that I was able to make my mark, you know, so to speak, in that way, literature wise. But I think, you know, this is an important thing for attorneys to think about, you know, also for me to think about. It's not all about the business. You know, the business is great and I, I love running my business, but I think more important things are things like family and, you know, building a family, you know, being close to the ones that you love and, you know, maximizing the time that you can spend with them. You know, we talk a lot about, I talk a lot about retirement planning and thinking about the future and, and all of that. And that's very good, but it's important to enjoy the present and, you know, live life to the fullest in the moment, I feel like, you know, so it's a balance between really enjoying and being present here and now, and also doing really good planning for uh, the future and what's coming. Well, I, I certainly think when you when you play a key role in helping create financial security in families, there is a that's a pretty amazing legacy. And looking back, you know, you know when you look back over the decades, whenever you're, you know, when you're an old guy, and mm. you see the, I think you'll see. I'm going to say, I'm going to boldly say that you're going to see that's a pretty powerful legacy. That impact makes a huge difference. When people have financial security, they're really empowered to live their best lives. Yes. And when people are empowered to live their best lives, they do a better job with family. They do a better job of being leaders in their community, in their church, their synagogue, you know, of bringing leadership to a community. You know, you, you can't do those things if you don't have a certain measure of financial security. And so playing a key role mm-hmm. in, in the lives of people to do that it really gives you a lot of what I would call legacy leverage, if you will. Yeah. So yeah, remember 30 or 40 years from now that I ask you this question, you know? Absolutely. You know, and I'm glad you uh, said that and phrased it that way, because I think there is sometimes some misgivings that we have about creating that financial security. Sometimes I find that some attorneys shy away from the idea of building wealth, right? Or being profitable, you know? And, and I think there's nothing to be ashamed with, you know, running a profitable business, desiring to be successful, desiring to build wealth. There's nothing to be ashamed about those ideas for all the reasons that you mentioned. You know, running a great business where you maximize you know your profit margin enables you to be a great boss to hire great employees and to make a difference in their lives and to make a difference in your local economy to make a difference in your local community you know law firms are integral parts of communities and if you run a successful firm you can make that difference so i'm so glad that you mentioned that 
And you're right. You know, that is something that I didn't mention, but definitely something that is always on my mind is the financial futures of the clients I have. You know, I'm thinking about where they're going to be, you know, 20, 30 years from now. And I'm excited for where they're going. I'm excited for the clients that have engaged with me, the clients that are prioritizing their savings, because I know where it's leading to. And sometimes, you know, I have to help them, you know, get through certain periods of time. You know, the last year and a half has been kind of frustrating in the stock market. <laughs> and sure. so, right, I have to help people stay with it, you know, and understand that, you know, what we're doing right now is potential energy. You know, you keep putting money in your investments because you're building that potential energy. And when the market takes off, which it will, you know, at right. some point here, all that energy is going to be turned into kinetic energy and it's going to take off. You know, right now we're just, we're putting more capital in the bucket so that it can really, really take off. And I think, you know, the clients I have, if I can keep them engaged and keep them motivated and keep them, you know, building towards their financial future, they have great things in store for them. And I can't wait to see how that turns out. Yeah. And so when you're really successful with this and they end up with more money than they actually need to maintain the lifestyle that they want, there are all kinds of amazing charitable things they can do, which are, you know, certainly in my experience are among the most gratifying things, but you can only do that really effectively if you build on a foundation of financial security for yourself. Yes. So Darren, it's been great talking to you. I'm wondering if there's anything that I didn't, any questions I didn't ask that if there are things you want to say that I didn't prompt you to say. You know, this has been a lot of great information that, you know, it, a lot of great questions, you know, and I'm thinking about all of these things that you're mentioning. You know, I would just repeat it one more time. You know, I want attorneys out there to know that they can achieve their goals. You can get what you want. You know, you can achieve the dreams that you have for your future. You know, it's just a matter of, trying to figure out the recipe that works for you, you know, and everyone's retirement dream is different. You know, that's something I want people to understand. It doesn't have to be quitting working at a certain age, you know, you can create your own vision for what you want your future to be. So Darren, how do people get a copy of your book? And how do they learn more about you and how to make a connection with you? Yeah, the easiest way to learn more about me is just to go over to thelawyermillionaire.com. Make it real easy there. <laughs> All the information about the book and the podcast is there. You can learn more about me and the work that I do. And if you're interested in chatting with me, you can book a consultation right there on the page. Good. We'll put all that information in the show notes. And so with that, Darren, let me thank you for being our guest today and thank our audience for listening. This is the Legacy Leaders Podcast with your host, Stan Miller. Our guest today has been Darren Wartz. If you want to know more about Darren, go to the show notes. You'll find the link to his website, more information about his book. Darren, thank you very much. Pleasure being with you today. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.